We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> you talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Napa a Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a Hollywood acceptance speech. I'm so surprised. I had no idea. I'm not even prepared. Um, okay. <clears throat> I'd like to thank the progressive discounts that got me here. Safe driver, multi-car, paid in full, multi-policy. This is just such a big moment. And did I mention that I'm surprised? With all kinds of discounts, progressive helps you save. Oh, oh, oh. and I want to thank my agent and all my discounts agents because we all have the same agent. Don't start the music. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome to the Rotowire Basketball Podcast presented by DraftKings.com. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit on DraftKings. That'll get you a free contest entry today. All right, it is Thursday, February 18th, about an hour and a half local time uh, from the trade deadline as we record here in Madison, Wisconsin. Nick Whalen, joined as I always am on Thursdays 
by Rotowire's James Anderson. Uh, we'll do our normal prospect breakdown. We'll take a look at a couple college guys, Melo Trimble, Demetrius Jackson, a pair of point guards who project to go in the first round. But first, uh, we'll recap some trades that have happened over the last couple of days. We'll take a look at some of the speculative deals. We wanted to record this podcast you know, right after the trade deadline or you know, right around the time that, that everything's closing down, but some scheduling uh, difficulties pre- prevented that. Uh, either way, we've already had some action as the, the 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 p.m. Central deadline approaches. We had Tobias Harris going to Detroit for Brandon Jennings and Ursan Ilyasova. Uh, that was earlier. Channing Fry to Cleveland. That one just broke a little bit earlier this morning. Anderson Verjao uh, going to Portland in that deal. That sounds like they're going to waive him. Uh, first round pick going Portland's way as well. Sounds like that'll be a 2018 pick from the Cavs who I don't even know. I don't know if they even know what kind of draft picks they own. And, and we, we, you remarked to me, James, uh, as we talked about this deal when it broke that Cleveland's kind of kind of setting themselves up to, to maybe fall off a cliff in a few years here. But I kind of rebuttaled with that. That's what it takes when you go all in. You kind of have to mortgage your future in some ways. It's it's just that they've they mortgage their future like every time they end up with LeBron James and <laughs> like they is there going to be another time when he like, comes back? I mean, like the the first time they got LeBron James, like every single move they made was win now and. If they had never, if they hadn't lucked out and won the lottery multiple years when they didn't have the best odds, then they would have been just in a all like the, an all time terrible position. Like their their situation would have been would have made like Brooklyn's situation look look solid. So I mean, they they lucked out with getting first round picks. They lucked out that LeBron is from Cleveland, so they got another another run with him. It's just. It's I get it that that that's what they have to do, and LeBron kind of calls a lot of the shots there, anyways, like with the the Wiggins love deal. But just in terms of building any kind of sustainability there, it's it's just going to completely come crashing down once LeBron is no longer in his in his prime. Yeah, that's true. I think Cleveland, which yeah, as they're you, fine with, if they get right. a t- like if they get a title, then like whatever, like they're they're gonna be fine. Luke they could be bad again for thirty for like, years yeah. after that if they win a title. I just, honestly, I don't think they're gonna get a title out of this. So that's, I mean, I, I think they're, and they can't really think that way. They can't be like, well, mm-hmm. shoot, man, we might not get a title. We better hold on to that first round pick. Right. Uh, I get that. I'm just saying, I don't think they're gonna get a title, and then they're gonna be terrible forever. Sure. So the Tobias Harris deal. Uh, again, he goes to Detroit. Brandon Jennings and Ursan Ilyasova. Ursan uh, or Jennings, I should say, is expiring this summer. You wouldn't think that they would necessarily be bringing him back. Kind of a weird move for Orlando. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Ursan is not technically an expiring. I think he's on the books for, I want to say it's $8.4 million next year, but with the caveat being if Orlando waves him before July 1st, uh, that only becomes partially guaranteed, and it's something like four hundred thousand. So you know, just a fraction of that mm-hmm. total salary. You'd think that they would they would kind of annex both of those guys this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they have a few other deals: Jason Smith, uh, Dwayne Dedman, guys like that. They can they can renounce, and then they're going to open up upwards of forty million in cap space this summer. And I think the expectations that they're going to chase some big names. Kevin Durant has come up. I think any team with cap space right. is going to at least throw their hat in the ring. Who knows what kind of chance they would have. Uh, Al Horford, guys like that. Um, I mean, what, who won this deal? I, I guess looking at it from Orlando, who's maybe seeking more long-term success, whereas Detroit is, is adding a piece that is going to help them for the playoff push this season. I think I get it from both teams' perspectives you know, start with Orlando. They they just had so many young guys 
that you kind of have to start picking which ones you want to you want to have stick around for a while so that you can get free agents to compliment them like if you if you don't make up your mind on which young guys then you're kind of hamstrung when it comes to bringing in free agents and you you don't have like we say they're going to annex Ilyasova hopefully that process kind of starts right away with Aaron Gordon getting more minutes uh with with Tobias out of the picture but you know, I, I think the the big issue that they got to address is is point guard in in free agency, or maybe via another trade if they they make a guy like Oladipo or Fournier available. Like, I think Mike Connolly would be a really nice fit there if if they were able to do that. Although I think the Grizzlies are going to match pretty much anything. So uh, you know, I, I don't think Durant's really on the table for them. I think they might get a meeting with him just because it's Orlando and there's no state income tax and it's a a young core. But I, I mean, I don't I don't think he's realistically going there. So they're going to have to settle for second or third tier free agents. But they weren't doing anything with this current roster. I mean, that's pretty obvious. So moving a guy like Tobias Harris doesn't bother me a ton, even if it's just for a little cap relief. And maybe it makes them, maybe it helps them get a better draft pick this year too, uh, with him not being there. And then with Detroit, you you commented to me like, this is basically their team now uh, with the the Modi Unis trade as well. They're kind of strapped for cash going forward, and the case is like, could they have even gotten anyone better than this in free agency if they'd kept that that cap space open? And maybe the answer is no. I mean, it's a nice, it's probably a top four nucleus in the east i would say just going forward with with drummond harris modi Yunus, uh morris stanley johnson KCB, all guys that you have Jackson. under team control too right. not you're not standing to lose any of these guys so you can you can kind of take that seven or eight guys to to battle for the next three years basically and just sort of see what happens and you know once you know say lebron slips a little and and one or two years and uh you know who knows what's going to happen with toronto in the off season obviously the the wizards probably aren't going to get durant so then you're still looking at just wall and beal and whoever they whoever the consolation prize is there uh detroit could easily be a team that you're looking at as one of the two or three favorites to to go to the finals in two years yeah yeah i i think for me, it, it's an interesting deal bringing in Harris uh, and maybe more interesting on Orlando's part, parting with a guy that you just gave a four-year, $64 million contract to. I think for them, you know, it's just a symbol that they recognize this core isn't going to cut it. Mm-hmm. And I think they should be applauded for that, honestly. I, I mean, we see, yeah. teams oh, hold, yeah. we see teams hold on too long with, with cores that just don't work. Um, and I don't think they really had an option to not give him that deal in the offseason because right. it's obviously they were able to move it you know if you yeah. if you you might as well just sort of see you know what do we have here maybe they kind of even when they gave it to him maybe they thought that the likely outcome was they were going to end up trading him anyways i think they wanted to see you know new coach mm-hmm. see see what they had with him and you know they've they've played fairly well without harris this season i think they want to clear room for aaron gordon and I don't. I don't think the the dunk contest has much of a bearing on that but in some ways i think his aaron gordon's profile right now is much larger than it was last week and I think I think they kind of have to at least give him a shot I mean, this is a guy who's a top five pick and just kind of playing behind guys like Harris and Channing Fry, who has moved as well so I think it frees up and, more time from him and Fournier is a, a restricted free agent this offseason too right so like that could be even more yep money off the books if they decide 
like I look at this team and I, I say Vucevic, Gordon, Oladipo, and Hazonia are like the four guys that I would probably want to keep going forward and, and just try to get free agents and kind of fill in around those four. So you you probably let Fournier go. I think Alfred Payton is just not a guy that he's just not a very skilled player. <laughs> he can't be your starting point, guy. right? So, I think he I think he belongs on an NBA roster. Certainly, I, yeah. I just don't think I don't think if you want to actually contend that 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 guy can be right. your starter, uh, especially with Oladipo that pairing. But I, I think overall, Orlando kind of got killed for this deal right away. The more I think about it, the more I, I maybe understand it. I, I think right away it was. You know the, the the motivation is you want to clear time for guys like Fournier and Gordon and Hazonia, but you're doing a two for one deal. You know you're bringing in two guys that mm-hmm. would seem to clutter things even more. The point guard situation, like you just alluded to, isn't great. Now you're adding Brandon Jennings, who's shooting what 37 <laughs> percent on the year. It, it's a symbol to me that Orlando is somewhat waving the white flag on this year. But oh, at the yeah. same time, I also think that I mean, what did, what did they lose going into the All Star break? I think they they won two of their last three, but before that had lost something like. 14 or 16 or some crazy number like that and I mean they're still only three and a half out of the eight seed and and I think that they ne- didn't necessarily see Tobias Harris as helping them so if they go on a run and, and luck their way into seven or eight then I think they're fine with it but if they fall back I think they're totally fine with that too right I mean they they just they had too many young guys and I I would just really I think the Ilyasova thing is really key like I don't really think you can stunt Peyton's development so if Jennings takes some minutes whatever but the Ilyasova thing like you have to let Gordon play yeah 30 plus minutes going forward and you have to involve him in the offense a little bit like before the trade pretty much all of his scoring was coming off of like putbacks and, and rebounds and transition stuff it'd be nice to kind of just let him work on his half-court offensive game a little bit here in the second half yeah, I think it's more they needed Ursan to be included salary oh, yeah, wise yeah. rather than they, rather than they wanted Ursan right. in exchange. I just hope that they know that the best thing is to not play Ursan much going forward here. I I, I hope they do know that. <laughs> I mean, he's a Skiles guy. We'll see. They have a they have a relationship. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, Jennings also is a Skiles guy. That's worth noting. Uh, Channing Fry to Cleveland. So in this one. Anderson Verjao. The details are still, as far as I'm aware, not officially concluded. It was unclear if Verjao went to Orlando first and then to Portland. Either way, Verjao's in Portland. Sounds like the Blazers are going to buy him out. Um, he figures to land somewhere. It won't be Cleveland. Uh, they're, they're not allowed to sign someone they just traded. Portland also releases Tim Frazier and, and just to clear a basically a figurative roster spot for Verjao. Uh, to then you know be able to waive him I don't know if they'll maybe look to bring Frazier back this is a guy who's a D-League MVP last year um I, I think was maybe viewed as kind of a long-term maybe guy you could develop as a backup point guard uh but clearly not an asset that they value extremely highly but the big piece obviously is Channing Fry. I think Cleveland wanted to make maybe a more a more splashy deal um Kevin Love's name of course was involved I think Ryan Anderson had been a target of theirs and there are there is still you know an hour and 15 minutes left so who knows but adding Channing Fry to this Cleveland team how much does it move the needle for them well it gives them the freedom if they they wanted to in the next hour and a half if if they wanted to move Love it kind of helps soften that blow like if if they want to upgrade a different position by trading love then they they still have that stretch big uh just gives them kind of another body really i mean it's just sort of insurance for for an injury they they still have four big men who 
maybe you can only play one of them at a time against certain lineups from from teams in the West. Fry's probably a better defender than I think people give him credit for, but he honestly, like, I think he probably belongs at the five more than the four at this point, and just the way the NBA is right now, he's, he's a stretch five more than he's a stretch four, uh, and they already have, you know, Thompson plays the five, Moscow plays the five, so it'll just be, it's going to be a handful to kind of deal out deal out those minutes if you're Tyron Lou, I think, but, you know, you're adding a legitimate guy that can play playoff minutes without giving up one. Right, exactly. And I think it's it has to be tough for Cleveland, I think, to give up Verjao, um, you know, a guy that's obviously a, a beloved teammate and, and part of that community at this point. But, I mean, it's a business, and that, that contract never should have been signed mm-hmm. uh, last last summer. And I think they Did you, I think Do we know glad. what the what, – who's covering what portion of that deal? I think Portland. Portland just yeah. took it all because – Well, they're going to – it sounds they're like they'll stretch pick, it, and right. yeah, and they can. I mean, they, yeah. they needed to meet the floor anyway. It, so that's that's nice because – And they're getting a first-rounder, too. I don't know if I mentioned that. Yeah, Portland's yeah, going to yeah. get a first from – I think I did mention that. But they're getting a first from Cleveland. Uh, obviously, that's the sweetener there. You know, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't just take Verge out for nothing. Um, so I mean, you kind of have to like that deal for Portland. Oh, I mean, yeah. you have you have all this space anyway. If the thing with, with you know, you always hear about meeting the salary floor, and if you don't meet it, there are penalties. Mm-hmm. First of all, there's not really a penalty. The penalty is that you just say the salary. We'll just say you need to get to forty million, and you're at thirty million, and that's not at all what the numbers are. You just distribute that ten million amongst all your players evenly. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're really penalized. You're not paying a fine or anything to the league. You're just redistributing that money. So in some ways, Blazers players are missing out on maybe a little bit of a bonus here, but. <laughs> You know, if, if you can absorb it and and avoid that that kind of black mark of of being a team that doesn't meet the floor, then I, I guess you do it. Fry's only playing 17 minutes per game this season, shooting around 44 percent from the field. That's um, right around his league or his uh, career average. I think he, he slides into a pretty similar role as far as minutes, right? right? I don't. I think maybe even fewer than 17 per game. I mean, he's shooting 40 percent from three, right? And that's what it's about, right? And you know, to anyone that's asking, oh well. What what can he really do? He's averaging eleven points per thirty six minutes. I mean, it's a big that stretches the floor. Who's not a complete liability on defense? And, right, and that's that's still got value. So where do the, where does he fit in? Like, what kind of lineup would we see Channing Fry in? Does he have to play with a guy like Mozgov, or can they play him at the five with Love? I think that would be uh, dicey to say the least defensively. I think you. You could play Fry next to Thompson or Mozgov if you wanted to. Sure. And then you could also play Fry at the five with LeBron at the four. Mm -hmm. So He's not a guy that's going to see the floor with love. No, I think that would be a disaster. I think in only in a weird circumstance where the other team, mm-hmm. you know, runs out of lineup that you think you can counter with that. But yeah, I think he's almost insurance for he is. He's insurance and you know, they might he might be a better pick and roll. I, I don't know how good of a pick and roll defender Fry is, but he might be a better pick and roll defender than Love. So theoretically sure. they could have if they want to go small against a team like Golden State, maybe fry in there instead of love right makes sense if you still want to get that shooting on the floor right exactly and he's as good of a shooter as kevin love you know not not the rebounder and not the overall passer on you know offensive player that love is of course uh, i think it cuts into mozgov's minutes for sure i think that's a guy they want to keep off the floor really he's been he's been that bad this season 
Um, but it, but it'll be interesting. I mean, the, I think the main thing, like you said, is kind of insurance for love, and not not necessarily if love gets hurt, but it's you know love love needs to rest. Love's in foul trouble. You don't have to go to a lineup where you're playing Thompson and Mozgov together. You don't have to go to a lineup where you have to play Richard Jefferson at three with LeBron at the four. It just it just gives them a little more flexibility at a pretty low cost. You know, you have the the emotional cost, I guess, of getting rid of Anderson Vergeau. But I think this is kind of a no brainer deal for Cleveland, even if it's not the splashiest. Um, Detroit. We already talked about their their primary deal was, of course, getting Tobias Harris, but they made another move uh, on Thursday morning. Marcus Thornton and Donatus Modiunis coming over from Houston. Detroit sends Joel Anthony to the Rockets uh, as well as a protected first-rounder. And the protections on that pick, I think, are top eight this year, and then I think it's top ten the next two years, so pretty lightly protected. Um, obviously, Detroit hopes, you know, with the addition of Harris and the, the additions of, of Thornton and Modiunis that they stay out of the lottery, but um, you know, how do you like Moda Yunus? I think he's the main piece here. There's some move, there's some belief that they might even waive Thornton. Uh, but Moda Yunus hasn't played in you know almost two months now with the back injury. Sounds like they expect him back in the near future, but we've kind of been hearing that all season with him. Right. They they don't really need him back necessarily anytime soon. I mean, they they're not realistically contenders this year, but this is kind of more of a move for for next season. Uh, although Marcus Thornton will probably help them in the short term just because Jody Meeks is still out and that who knows when he'll be back supposedly sometime in March but Thornton gives them another another two that can uh, score a lot uh, a lot of minutes or a lot of points off the bench so it's not really a now move as much as it is a, a 2017 move but you know now they've they've got more talent on the roster they're they're a deeper team for sure going forward yeah, and this is another one that I think you can look at through the lens of who are you keeping off the court. You know, this means fewer minutes for Anthony Tolliver, um, fewer minutes for you know even Stanley Johnson, who you don't necessarily want to keep off the court at this point. But I think as a rookie, if, if this team makes the playoffs, you don't necessarily want to be running him out 20-plus yeah, minutes per Stan, game. Stan's not the type of coach that's going to just let a rookie go out there and sort of take his lumps if he doesn't think he's right. ready. So. I think it's it's going to be on Stanley to kind of improve during the off season and and try to get on the court next year through through that improvement. Modi Yunus isn't he's still not like the perfect stretch four for Stan. I, I still don't think he's had that perfect guy yet. Just because I'm still worried about Modi Yunus's health going forward. Like you can't you can't go into 2017 and be like we're going to be able to count on this guy for 65 plus games. But when he's out there, he could be that guy that that Stan's always always wanted to to be that stretch for. So you know he's always been last couple of years. It's been shooting thirty seven to to forty one percent from three uh, per minute. His his rebounding numbers have have been pretty solid throughout his career. So so I don't mind the move uh, as kind of a gamble that you get a healthy year from Moda Yunus next year. Right. I mean the gamble is basically that. The value that Modi Yunus is going to give you, and he he has a, a I think something like a three and a half million dollar qualifying offer for next year is going to be better than whatever pick you would end up with, which you know looking at it right now is somewhere in the probably fourteen to twenty range, twenty mm-hmm. being probably the absolute highest. So, you know, I mean that that's kind of the range where you have some you've had some big hits, you've also had some pretty big misses, and and I think if you're the the Pistons, this is kind of another symbol that it's win now for sure. Um, Another a couple minor deals. Courtney Lee to the Hornets. Uh, P.J. Hairston went to Memphis in that deal. Birdman also went to Memphis. The 
the Heat were involved, obviously, uh, Brian Roberts going to Miami. And that one, I kind of like it for the Hornets. Honestly, I, mean, I don't love Courtney Lee, but I think he's an upgrade over P.J. Harrison, and I think they needed some sort of filler with Kid Gilchrist out for the year. Yeah, it, th- this one, th- that team, I just can't really get all that excited about them. But uh, I think they're they're just a super interesting kind of example of how important shooting is just based on how much better their offense is this year without it's complete reversal yeah uh but this trade to me doesn't do doesn't do a ton uh especially considering isn't isn't lee a free agent after the year um yes yeah so they're not going to win it this year next year he's not going to be there or he might be but they're gonna have to pony up i mean a guy like courtney lee is a perfect example of how the the cap has sort of changed things because he's going to get paid like he's going to get ten mil a year I would think in, in free agency next year, and that just would have seemed insane two or three years ago. Uh, I don't I don't view Charlotte as a team that's going to win a playoff series this year. Do you? I mean it it, it depends who they're matched up with. Maybe, I, guess. I guess if they if they get like Miami and Bosch is hurt and Wade's mm-hmm. banged up, you know, maybe they or they get the Hawks or something like that. But if I they don't get know. if they get the Raptors or the Celtics, I I I think they would get killed by the Hawks, especially cuz now it seems like the Hawks aren't going to I mean, they're still going to try to make a run this year. So, I I think they would have to get Yeah, I think you're right. Like I think they'd have to get but even now that they're in I mean, I know they're bunched up, but they would have to get a team that was sure. With an I wouldn't. I wouldn't place money on them right now to right. win a playoff series, right. certainly. But I also wouldn't be shocked if they beat one of the middling teams in the East. DJ Augustine, Steve Novak going to Denver for Randy Foy. Why? Why? <laughs> Why do you need Randy Foy when you have Randy Foy 2.0 in Dion Waiters? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I just That's the correct know. answer. <laughs> like. We were talking about this before we started recording. I have no idea. There's something about Anthony Morrow that we don't know because, to me, he's – if you want Foy for his three-point shooting, like, Morrow's a better three-point shooter. And if you want him for just sort of create your own offense off the bench, like Waiters. I know Waiters starts sometimes, but, yeah, you're right. There's just no need for this. Obviously – Cameron Payne they they obviously like more than DJ Augustine and from what I've seen from Payne he's he's got a lot of potential so this kind of maybe allows him to just have 100% of the backup point guard minutes but uh, yeah I I don't really get this one no me neither um I guess, I mean Foy's and I guess I, slightly more proven he's proven to be average I, I guess when you when you go into the playoffs teams kind of seem to favor these veteran guys Novak was like one of my favorite uh like cheerleaders in the league like yeah he's he's a great he just seems like a great like it wasn't that guy. long ago that he was kind of a semi-major piece for the knicks right like wow. he was he was like a he was kind of a cult hero for about a half season they, and now he's just completely i mean he's 14 15 yeah. he's man. gonna be a he'll be a coach or a front office guy in like two years probably that's a uh, brown deer wisconsin native <laughs> and marquette alum uh, steve novak so we I think that brings us to the end of deals that have actually happened, unless we're missing a minor one. So before we move on, uh, I just why I, they still have time to do something, but why, for the love of God, has New Orleans not moved some of their guys? Because it's like we've talked about this before on the show. Like I know guys, like I know you probably can't get much for. 
I mean, the guys that are injured, you're not going to be able to move. I think you can, though. Or, okay, well, I would move everybody on the roster other than Anthony Davis. And you could actually get something legitimate, I think, for Ryan Anderson. Of course. You could even get... You could even get something legitimate for someone like Norris Cole. I think, yes, you could trick somebody into taking Tyreek Evans. You can. Yeah, Ty- you can Norris do these Cole's things. been on a championship team as a point guard that was seeing minutes. Like two-time that, NBA yeah, champion, like, like two-time Horizon League Player of the Year. There's playoff teams that could use a Norris Cole as their backup, and and to keep all these guys on your roster. Seemingly, I I don't know if they're gonna make a, a couple moves like right before the deadline, but if they if they don't do anything, to me that's the biggest mistake of any team at the deadline. Yeah, I when we talk about the Pelicans, have you have you seen the SNL skit where Jay Farrow impersonates Stephen A. Smith? It's it's like Maybe. more Stephen A. Smith yeah. than Stephen okay. A. Smith actually is, where he just sits there and, and just kind of fumes and like that that's how I feel like it just doesn't make sense. I don't I think that we've talked about this a couple times, but I think there's something going on with with upper management or ownership it's, that there's I mean, ownership's a mess. It's been a mess for it has. forever. It's and there's got it. The only excuse I can think of is there's a mandate from ownership on Dell Demps that if he doesn't make the playoffs with this team, he's fired. Which right? It's like the you're what are they like eight games out, six games out, something like that. You, you're not. There, there, might, there might even be more than six games out, but uh, there's seven games out in the loss column. So you're not catching Utah. You could maybe catch the Blazers. You're not catching anybody else. Though. And maybe maybe the Grizzlies fall out, but even that. It just doesn't know. make sense. I, I mean, you don't necessarily have to trade these guys for future picks. You know, you can mm-hmm. – like Ryan Anderson has value as a rental the, for any team. The and roster – Going into next year, you're not going to have Ryan Anderson. The roster is just horribly constructed. You need to get pieces in there that actually fit. And, you know, I I always talk in, when I'm talking about, like, baseball and Mike Trout, like, his agent should get fired for, for allowing him to sign the extension he signed with the Angels. Like, how much do you think Anthony Davis regrets signing that extension with the Pelicans? Because It totally depends. I mean, there's the security, I think, means a lot to some people. But you're Anthony Davis. Like you would get the max from anyone if you were slated to miss the next eighteen months with an injury. Like it's, yeah. it's not. I I just he's he's kind of stranded there for now, and nothing they've done since they drafted Davis suggests to me that they're capable of putting together a good roster around him. Yeah, that's fair. I think I think their outlook suddenly looks considerably worse already i mean really since the second week of the season it's looked considerably worse than we thought it did you know on october 29th or whatever it was um but let's get to let's get to the prospect stuff first is a quick word from draftkings.com fantasy football has wound down but draftkings.com is not messing around draftkings is america's favorite one week fantasy site where you can win enormous cash prizes every week you already do the research uh for your season-long fantasy team turn that knowledge into instant cash at draftkings.com Last year, one player turned 11 bucks into 4000 in one weekend. Another won 100 grand his first time ever playing. And this season alone, six players won a million dollars in one day just playing fantasy football. Keep your season-long league where it is, but also play one-week fantasy at DraftKings.com to win huge cash this weekend. Head over to DraftKings.com now. Enter the promo code ROTOHOOPS. That'll give you free entry with your first deposit on DraftKings.com. Bigger events. Bigger winnings, bigger millionaires. Enter that promo code ROTOHOOPS for free entry now at DraftKings.com. All right, 
Metal Trimble or Demetrius Jackson? Who we start with? Let's start with Trimble, just because he's. I think he's probably well more well known. Uh, Jackson was kind of playing second or third fiddle in that backcourt last year. Trimble was one of the best fresh freshmen in in college hoops last year, so I think people people probably know a bit more about him. You know, he's just uh, kind of a standard six two point guard. Not not very long. His wingspan's only six two, which is kind of a, a bit of a red flag. He's he's a good enough athlete to succeed in, in college hoops. He's not he's not gonna be a special athlete at the next level. Uh good enough shooter to kind of survive in the NBA, I think, and, and a good enough uh decision maker. What what really kind of stands out is that he's just excellent at running the pick and roll. I, I the article that's gonna go up today, there's some some gifs in there of, of him hitting guys on really pretty passes in the pick and roll and he's the most efficient point guard in the nation at running the pick and roll I think he's shooting something like 54 percent on pick and roll uh, when he pulls up and shoots and then is the people he's passing to are shooting like 58 percent so you know that's that's the strong suit of his game I don't think either of these guys have a high likelihood of being an above-average starter at the next level, but I think they both have a chance of being kind of like bottom third starters or solid backups. So, I mean, that kind of speaks to the draft class that they're going to possibly be lottery picks, and odds are they're not going to even be starters. So he's interesting. He's played in a lot of big games. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how well the three-point shot's going to translate. It might be kind of more of a 32 to – 35 percent shot at at his peak but what what have you seen from him I I think that everyone's probably gotten a look at Trimble if you watch college hoops with any regularity at all Uh, well we got an up close look at him about a month and a half maybe two months ago when he hit the game winner uh, to beat Wisconsin at home Uh, and of course they just lost to Wisconsin this past weekend so that's where I've obviously seen the most of him but I think the main the main criticism that I've seen is that he hasn't really improved or that he's really he's almost I mean that hasn't gotten worse I don't think but yeah just hasn't shown improvement after that great freshman season mm-hmm. um I mean you look one of 14 shooting against Wisconsin the other day yeah, he's he's in a pretty big slump right now right yeah two of 12 uh, against Purdue you can kind of throw out that one of one against Bowie State uh before that I don't know why they're I, playing a D2 school in the middle of the conference schedule um I wouldn't rule him out as a as like a decent starter in the NBA already I mean it depends where I, he ends up I just don't think you can say that that's likely like i think no maybe not likely but i I didn't i in the column i say that like both guys have they do enough things well where nobody should be surprised if they right if they become like a a top 15 point guard but it's just the guy like point guards that are at like major programs that stay for more than one year and come out it's it's kind of it seems sort of rare that they kind of become much more than just kind of even a guy like I know both of these guys are a lot more sort of aesthetically pleasing than a guy like DJ Augustine but I mean he was a lottery pick uh I I just don't know if Tremble does any one thing well enough to to kind of make it I mean both of these guys are willing passers but they're not you know elite passers both of them are are competent shooters but they're not elite shooters although jackson jackson's shooting a pretty strong percentage this year uh 
Trimble's just he he gets by guys in college that he's not going to get by in in the NBA. Neither of them are are. I, I mean, you might say Trimble's maybe an above average defender in college, but at the next level, I think both these guys are going to be average defenders at best. So, uh, I don't know. Do I, you have comps? <laughs> Uh, Jackson's kind of the one with all the comps floating out there. I haven't really heard any, any Trimble comps. Are, are you aware of any that you kind of like? He, I, the way he plays reminds me a little bit of Shane Larkin, which is like probably not what you uh, want to hear. And I know Larkin's like four they don't inches. Have, they She's have, like four inches shorter. They have, yeah, they have different, uh, different profiles. Physical profiles. Yeah. I mean, I like Trimble. I think, I think you might be selling him a little short as an athlete. I think he's a pretty darn good athlete. Um, and I don't know. He listed at six three. He doesn't look six three. He's six two. On, yeah. On Draft Express. I mean, the, okay. the, if you look, if you go by the what the school says, then you're mm-hmm. going to get some screwed right. up. Right. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. It's tough to comp these guys. I mean, Demetrius. Who are the comps for him for Jackson? Well, you. I mean, there's. I on YouTube. There's some ACC shells that say he's college basketball's Russell Westbrook, and yeah. and then there's obviously the. The Nate Robinson comps, but I don't think either of those are all that accurate. I just don't. I don't think there's a really good comp for either guy. Maybe well, Bledsoe for for Jackson. Bigger I could guard, see that. good athlete, does a lot of things well. I could see that he's not the defensive presence no. that Bledsoe is. Uh, maybe like George Hill for Tremble. I don't, sure. I don't know. Uh, Hair matches up. I think that that. I think that that would be. You know, for Trimble to be George Hill, I think that that would be a win for whoever takes him. In I think he could be George Hill. I think teams. I think if a team's taking him at somewhere in the mid or you know the late lottery, mid first round, I think they're hoping he's better than George Hill. But I don't, maybe that's not so realistic. I, um, it's just and and this kind of gets to like a bigger point that I sort of touch on in the article. Like I think point guards are incredibly tough to to scout when you get out of that sort of elite class, like. I'm never going to comp anyone to Russell Westbrook or comp anyone to Steph Curry just because those guys are just such unique talents. But there's no point guard who's been successful in recent memory that is the same as, like, anyone else. Like, they're all so unique. And right. Who's, Rus- who's Russell Wes- Westbrook's comp? You no. know, like, there just, is, yeah. there just aren't. And, like, there, you don't have to be a good athlete. It's, it's, it's nice if you're a good athlete, but it's not – necessary you don't have to be an elite three-point shooter it's i mean the top in terms of qualified shooters it goes at point guard it goes steph curry jared bayless george hill matthew delavadova jeff teague jose calderon patrick beverly those are the guys shooting better than 40 percent from three and only one of them is a top 10 point guard and you don't need to be like it i think that the most crucial trait is that you're a willing passer and you're good at getting your teammates involved but even then, like if you look at assists, that can be kind of misleading too, because Rajon Rondo and Ricky Rubio are always at the top there, and I don't really like either of those guys. Right. Uh, and you have to, I mean, being a good defender is good too, but a lot of the best defenders at point guard are terrible offensive players. So it's just so it's such a unique position, and you can't even like you can you can know a lot about a player but it's just it it matters how they mesh with their teammates it matters how much trust their coaches have in them it's just so tough to get a gauge on how good a guy's going to be at the next level because there's no kind of you know like a, a stretch four it's really easy to be like oh well he he hits everything uh like a shooting guard it's like 
yeah, I mean, Buddy Heald's probably going to be a good shooting guard because he's a really good shooter. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot that goes into point guard that is just really hard to measure because there's so many variables. That's really true. I mean, would you say both these guys are at least? I mean, they're both they're solid all around players. They, like, what is the biggest deficiency for each of these guys? I think both of their biggest deficiencies is that they don't have one thing that is awesome. Like they're just really kind of across the board kind of guys. I think it's like, I think Trimble's biggest uh, area of strength is his ability to run the pick and roll. And I think Jackson's biggest area of strength is his athleticism and his makeup. Like I think, I think Jackson just from what I've seen of him, he just looks like, a really really good leader out there and a guy that is always going 100 percent. like he, he's never taking plays off uh just a really good competitor and everything like that I mean I, I prefer Jackson just because I think they're so similar uh in what they're good at that I'll take the guy that's the better athlete so and and the the whole thing about Jackson being short I mean that that's where the Nate Robinson comps come from He's six one, but he's also got a like six five wingspan and a eight foot standing reach. He's not a bad. He's he's a legitimately long player for his height. So I don't think the six one thing's going to hold him back that much. No. They, they both have really good handles. They both, I mean, we talk. They both shoot it pretty well. So there's just it's kind of a coin flip as to whether they'll they'll make it as as quality NBA players, I think just cause it, they're not elite talents. Like in a draft like this, if you're, if you were going to be an elite point guard, you'd go in the top four or five and Chris Dunn, even right. like I have questions about whether he'll be. What is it about Chris guard. Dunn that, that elevates him a tier or two above these guys? I think numbers wise, you know, I think I mean, it's it, the fact that, you know, like worst case scenario, he's going to be a really, really good defender. And his length, like it's just his physical measurables. I think that that people get. I think his vision to. is pretty pretty yeah. elite too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't no, you don't yeah, see that. Right. He's a better passer than both these guys. So yeah, Dunn has two things that he's really really good at. Whereas these guys are pretty good at a lot of stuff. So right. it's sort of pick your poison. Like I think. Well, both I think of with, these guys with Dunn, are, you look at it and say when any player is re- is elite in a category or two. That I think equates in in the minds of of GMs and and others that star potential, right? You know, when you when you have an elite skill, you can be a star because of that skill. When you don't have an elite skill, I think it lowers your your ceiling considerably. Now, when one of the things that you would point at as your biggest weakness is shooting, that's what when I get worried because with Dunn, I think everyone would kind of agree his his biggest weakness is his jump shot and we i don't like that jump shot it does not it does not no, look good no and like tremble and jackson are both better shooters than chris dunn i don't really think that that's debatable so do you want to take the guy with the a couple of elite tools and just hope that he figures it out with his shot i mean we've seen that work before i mean westbrook came into the league was a terrible shooter john wall was a terrible shooter uh guys can kind of figure it out when they have that those kind of elite skills to fall back on, but sometimes they don't figure it out. Sometimes you get Michael right. Carter Williams. So hey, watch it. <laughs> um, well, you want to stick up for him? <laughs> no, God, no. I'm, that's that's not what I want to imply whatsoever. 
Um, and we'll see if he gets moved. I mean, again, 45 minutes or so till the deadline as we record. No mo- no new moves coming in. Everything seems pretty quiet. <laughs> we'll see if he gets uh, moved. Like, we'll see. Crossed. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> things pick up. Uh, do you need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix has something for you. It's used by more than 75 million people worldwide. Wix makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor. There's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer, nor do you need to be a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, probably too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website, too busy defending Michael Carter-Williams. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. That's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix, it is easy. It's also free. Go to Wix.com now to create your own website today. That's Wix, W-I-X.com. The result will be stunning. All right, let's finish this one out. A little movie... Mm. Uh, a little movie trivia. I I think I did pretty well last uh, last week. Maybe uh-huh. not my <clears throat> excuse me, not my best effort. Sure. Uh, but probably my best effort so far. Which again isn't saying a whole lot. But let's fire a couple over here. I think I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So last week, the one that I thought you would definitely get, uh, just because it's on cable TV so much and had such a star-studded cast and people reference it a lot was Con Air and you didn't you didn't quite get that one. Um, <laughs> That's debatable. <laughs> so the one I want to start with is another one that I, I sort of think you're going to get uh, and you and it like Con Air I feel like the title makes it possible for you to even give a solid description even if you haven't seen it and uh, setting the bar so low <laughs> and and that okay we'll, we'll start it off with the movie casino uh, i i think i've asked multiple times to eliminate one word titles but <laughs> well, <laughs> microphone just fell down everything's everything's everything's, everything's off the rails crumbling. Um, crumbling. well i haven't seen it haven't seen i am gonna go out on a, on a limb and uh take a gamble here and uh and say that it's probably about a casino yep is is this a this isn't a james bond movie is it no it's a uh i'll give you a hint it's a it's a martin scorsese movie do you know who martin scorsese is he's one of those guys one of those names that you know you hear and you think (laughs) didn't he do uh oh no that's m night Shyamalan. um no i know i know who of him i know who he is what other what well, actually, I'm gonna. Didn't there's... he do like Inception and Shutter Island? He, he did both. Okay, of those, yeah, yeah, my, two of my three favorite movies. Okay, there we go. Right, there uh, <laughs> again, I'm, I mean, I guess I'm a big Scorsese yeah, fan. He loves Scorsese. Hasn't seen Casino. So in Casino, really I'm assuming this is a thriller. Um, it's sure. drama, thriller, drama. Yeah, um, you know, somebody wins a lot of money at the casino. Somebody tries to rob them. Um, you know, your typical casino heist movie. Uh, police chases, sure. guns, people in leather jackets, cigarettes, probably maybe a there cigar or two. Okay. Well, that, I think that's, I think I nailed it. That's all I need to yeah. say. Yeah. I think you got at least halfway there. Okay, cool. I feel good about that. <laughs> um, gangs of New York. Denzel Washington. Ooh, no Denzel. Oh, okay. Um, Leo, Leo DiCaprio's in gangs oh, of New York. Okay. Well, I don't know what I was thinking of then. <laughs> uh, I thought I thought I was fairly confident, despite the way I said that. Um, okay, well, you know, gangs. It, it's the sequel to 
what is that that west side story uh kind of the updated version in a lot of ways uh you know at Italian immigrants coming into New York. Immigration relations. is a big part of gangs. And yeah, right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, cigarettes, guns, mm, sure. duster jackets, uh, Leo. I'm pretty sure Denzel's in it at some point. Maybe he just has a minor <laughs> maybe role. Maybe I'll have to rewatch he, it. I think maybe, he may, maybe he's an extra bit, or something. Um, okay, give, give me, a, lob me a lob me like a super softball, like a slow pitch pumpkin ball that I can really knock out here. All right. Goodfellas. Pass. <laughs> Um, the Departed. I'm gonna have to pass on that too. I've never seen The Departed. Um, that's that's one that if I even tried to describe, it would be so wrong that I would I would probably okay. get kicked off the uh, podcast. The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh yeah, love The Wolf of Wall Street. Right. Uh, I actually there have seen that one. Am I still able to describe it if I've seen it? That kind of defeats no, the I point, mean, I guess. Seen it, so I've seen it. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan. So the. Just to, for the record, you've seen The Wolf of Wall Street. You've yes. seen Shutter Island. Yes. You've seen, um, oh, let's see here. Uh, what was the other one you said? You Inception. You, okay. um, oh no, he didn't. He didn't direct Inception. I've seen. No, he didn't direct Inception. Oh, we just sticking with with my um, man Martin. No, no. So you. So the only Scorsese movies you've seen, to my knowledge, are Wolf of Wall Street and Shutter Island. You haven't seen. Didn't he do Inception? No, that was. Uh, uh, that was the guy that did the the Dark Knight and everything. Oh, um, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, Christopher okay. Nolan. Yeah. yeah, look at me. Um, all right. Well, so Waylon has seen uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Shutter Island, which happened to be his probably his two most recent uh, big pictures that he's done. I saw Spotlight. Uh, I saw Star Wars too, against my will. Star Wars not a Scorsese movie. Spotlight oh, okay. also not a Scorsese. No, I did general movies. Right. But you haven't seen Gangs New York, no. Casino, no. Goodfellas. I don't um, have time for this kind know, of look, stuff. Look, yeah, you know, we all have. We're all busy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Uh, all right. Well, I think that that probably does it for us. Do we need? I to, think so. Do we I think to plug anything. Uh, no, usually DJ will plug his forthcoming tennis podcast. Um, so I, I'm not going to plug that on this, although I guess I just kind of did. Do you have anything to plug anything, anything going on this weekend that you want to plug? Uh, no, uh, next week we might be able to give our review of life of Pablo, but we, yeah, I think we, we need another week to really yeah, take it we in. Don't, we don't really have time. Well, this we, week. Right. And there's the full version is apparently not. I want to give, give the listeners enough time to, if they want to acquire it, by legal means, I want to give him enough time to go do that. DM James if you need a link to the zip <laughs> file. Uh, he'll shoot you that. All right. No, um, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. That'll be something to, to look forward to, I guess. Could probably be an entire podcast. I know we already have very different opinions on the, on the top five songs on the album, sure. so yep. looking forward to that. There's a, there's a spoiler for you. They're going to kill the love of my life Daisy! if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.